dig, if you will, a picture, as Prince used to say. I want to take you to Los Angeles, to the late 1960s Los Angeles. And I want you to imagine the inside of a large shipping warehouse. You see a long line of doors on your right and on your left where truck containers have been backed up and sit open. It's dark outside. And in fact, it's nearly midnight. You're watching the night shift. And each container in each doorway has a team of two very rough-looking teamsters grunting and heaving as they throw freight and ready these containers for the next trip in the morning. In the middle of the warehouse is a staircase that leads to a small raised office that offers a better view of the workers. And a brown-haired, clean-shaven man in his early 30s is sitting alone, hunched over papers at his desk, a lit cigarette dangling from his lips. He's nervous because those rough-looking teamsters have a very reputation. Let's just say their feelings towards people in management positions are violent. And it's his first night on the job. Suddenly, the lights go out, and now the warehouse is very dark and very quiet. The man at the desk jolts, noticing the blackness, and stubs out his cigarette. He gets up from his desk, grabs a magazine, and rolls it into a tight, baton-like shape, and marches out to the warehouse floor, furious and terrified. That magazine-turned-baton is his only weapon— Because despite this crew's violent reputation, the man refuses to carry a gun. You see, he has been sent to turn this night shift into a high-functioning machine of efficiency. Because at this moment, these guys have the worst reputation in the industry. In fact, they pride themselves on intimidating anyone who has attempted to change their habit of getting paid to not work the night shift. Remember, this is the shipping industry of the late 1960s. The Teamsters are run by the most legendary tough guy of all time, Jimmy Hoffa, as in The Irishman, Martin Scorsese film, Jimmy Hoffa. Managing these men is like trying to manage the mafia without being part of the mafia. You could not fuck with the Teamsters union and live to tell about it. And as such, this particular warehouse and this particular crew had been written off as a lost cause. And yet, here comes the manager marching down into the pitch black warehouse. This is the showdown. He knows everything is riding on how he handles this moment. Walking to the containers, he sees the stacks and half unloaded pallets and boxes, forklifts abandoned, and he doesn't see any men. But suddenly he hears a chorus of clanging. Each teamster is hiding somewhere, banging a crowbar against the metal container. And the effect is terrifying. He waits until they stop. And then he shouts into the darkness. I don't know what the hell you're up to. And frankly, I don't give a shit. I'm here for one reason, to make sure this freight gets unloaded so these trucks can be ready in the morning. I'm going to turn on these lights and I want to see every man working. If I don't see that, every single one of you is fired. I don't give two shits if you try and kill me or hang me by my feet or file a hundred grievances. That's the job we're here to do and we're going to do it. He waits a beat, walks to the back wall of the warehouse, throws the lights back on and climbs the stairs to his office slowly and with purpose, even though the hair on the back of his neck is standing on end. He lights another cigarette, notices trembling hands, but after a few minutes, he hears the men get back to work. 
Over the next few months, these men will become one of the tightest unloading freight teams in the area. And that manager earned a nickname in the business in those days for how he approached turning around problematic warehouses. They called him Wyatt Earp. And that Wyatt Earp was my father, Mr. Brian K. Warmel. And during that time in his career, my dad had hits placed on his life. He was harassed, intimidated, and threatened on a daily basis. And yet he kept coming back, holding these teams to a higher standard and was incredibly successful at it. I remember hearing the story of a job where he, every day he showed up to work and someone had spray painted goodbye Warmel on the side of a container, on a wall, or written it in lipstick on the mirror of a bathroom, just as an eerie reminder to him of what the Teamsters were capable of. But just to give you a sense of how good my dad was at connecting with people and dealing with conflict, that same group of Teamsters that rode goodbye Warmel all over everything, threatening to kill him, a year later threw him a heartfelt going away party and made a poster that said, goodbye Warmel, written in magic marker with their signatures surrounding it. He framed that and kept it all his life because those guys loved him like a brother by the end. And it was a pattern he would repeat again and again through his career. To say that my father was good at conflict would be an understatement. He was a master. But you want to know what else about him? He was also terrible at conflict. He could be undone by a difficult conversation with someone close to him. He had no boundaries in close relationships, couldn't respect them, couldn't uphold them. He could be enormously fragile and enormously fearful of the fragility of other people to the extent that entire relationships collapsed and disintegrated because of his tendency to avoid the tough conversations. I tell you about my dad for one reason, to make the point that none of us are masters of conflict in all situations. There are circumstances where you and I show up as Wyatt Earp. We take zero shit and we hold people to a high standard and we deliver excellence. And there are situations where we cower, we avoid, we ignore out of fear of our own fragility and the fragility of others. We watch as relationships disintegrate and collapse before our very eyes. Here's the thing. The goal as communicators is to become more conscious of where we tend to fall apart in conflict so that we can maximize the wider moments and minimize the shrinking violent moments so that we can have thriving, powerful relationships with other people, living and speaking and moving from a place of integrity instead of avoidance. And it all begins with one simple exercise. Are you ready for it? Of course you are. I want you to take a moment and hit pause if you need to, although you know if you're driving, you can't do this, but I would love for you to actually make this a written exercise. I want you to write at the top of a page the words Wyatt Earp or Fannie Lou Hammer or Shirley Chisholm or Susan B. Anthony or Gandhi or whoever is the archetype of who you want to be in conflict. You at your best in conflict, let's call it. And once you've written down that name, underneath it, I want you to describe yourself at your best in a moment of conflict. What does that look like and sound like for you? How do you engage? What's your vibe? How do people experience you as a communicator when you are at your best in a tough spot? Next, I want you to describe the situations that bring out that side of you. 
Where do you tend to rise to your best levels as a communicator in conflict? Is it at work? Is it in your personal life? Is it with specific teams or specific clients? Try and really get clarity around that. Now, those situations you've just described are situations where you feel psychologically equipped. You may be afraid, but you feel at least that you have some tools and you're not afraid to use them. Here's the thing. We are at our best as communicators in conflict when we feel psychologically equipped. And what you might find surprising as you do this work is that you can feel psychologically equipped in some pretty gnarly situations. In my father's case, he felt completely psychologically equipped to handle potentially homicidal teamsters, but completely ill-equipped to handle intimate relationships where he felt emotionally vulnerable. Go figure. It's wild the way the human mind works, right? So now I want you to make a new list. Instead of wider, or whomever you've listed above, I want you to write shrinking violet or whatever archetype describes the scared, avoidant version of you in conflict. And then I want you to write a separate section with the words Jimmy Hoffa or whatever archetype best describes the bully version of you in conflict. Now, I want you to take a moment and describe yourself at your worst when you are being avoidant. And then describe yourself at your worst when you are being a bully. And I have you do this in the same grouping because aggression and bullying and conflict are every bit as toxic and problematic as avoiding and hiding, but just for different reasons. Same coin, different sides. And once you've described yourself in each scenario, list the situation and people that tend to bring out these sides of you. Once you've identified the situations and the people that bring out your inner Jimmy Hoffa, your inner shrinking violet, take a step back and look because these are the situations in which you feel psychologically ill-equipped, exposed, outmatched, and unmoored. Now, take a deep breath and take in these lists. I want you to really synthesize and notice what you've captured about how you behave in conflict. Because some of the most important work you will ever do as a communicator is this, to build a toolkit for communicating during those moments you've just identified. Because amen, I say unto you, life is not here to make us feel psychologically safe. Life is here, I am convinced, to fuck with us. Not out of meanness, but as a way of teaching us. So when we feel psychologically unsafe or ill-equipped, it's on us to go get equipped, to do the work so we can show up strong and aligned and authentic and ready. And when we do the work, we quantum leap forward. Because amen, I also say this unto you, when we reach for tools in those moments of terror and tension and have nothing in the toolkit, when we reach for the right strategy to suit the moment and find only a void, that is the worst feeling in the world. And that's what leads us to behave badly. That toolkit, those tools that we reach for are why I started this podcast and my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash this is Bronwyn and my Instagram at office hours. I wanted to give you access to these tools and techniques for free. And 
I'm excited to say now I have synthesized and systematized those tools for conflict to make them easy and repeatable. And I've launched them as an online course. I just launched it. And I lovingly refer to my conflict management framework and toolkit as my no enemy framework. And it's available right now, noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. It is on demand and it is there for you. It's noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. Imagine reaching for your tools during a tough moment and instead of touching the void, you touch the most badass set of tools imaginable that are organized and ready for you. Imagine putting those tools to use and transforming that hairy situation into an opportunity for progress and connection. That's the no enemy course. Now, I built that thing with client services people in mind because they're kind of on the front lines of tough conversations at work, but really it's for anyone having tough conversations. But here's the thing. Even if you can't take my course for whatever reason, just this act, just this exercise of noticing and realizing and becoming conscious of where you feel psychologically exposed and ill-equipped and unsafe and where and when you tend to go into shrinking violet mode or when and where you tend to go full Jimmy Hoffa, that right there is a massive step forward. How you take action and navigate conflict becomes a hell of a lot more doable once you've become conscious of your patterns around conflict. Look, I'm convinced there is a direct relationship between our happiness and our fulfillment in this lifetime and our willingness to become conscious in moments where we feel triggered. Because when we become conscious, we make choices instead of defaulting to bad habits. When we become conscious, we become agents of our own destiny instead of bit players in someone else's crappy movie. When we become conscious, we have the power to become our most powerful selves and speak from that place of power. And to me, that's the juice. That's the jam. That's the opportunity and the privilege of a lifetime. And it is my wish for you. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. And thank you for sharing this with someone you think might be able to use it. And as always, shine on. And I'll see you next time. Hey, If you're still with me and you haven't already, hit subscribe so you can get my latest episodes delivered hot off the press and feel free to share this with someone who could use a little inspiration. If you're looking to go further on this journey as a communicator, head over to bronwyncommunications.com forward slash subscribe. And on Monday mornings, you will receive a communication tip to work with for the week. And on Saturday mornings, you'll receive a short little email with three things I am listening to or reading or digging right now. Also, find me on my new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash this is Bronwyn, B R O N W Y N, where I drop new content every Thursday covering strategies for getting more confident during moments of conflict. And speaking of conflict, if you're dealing with a tough client or work situation, and you need better skills for managing difficult conversations, check out my new online course called the No Enemy Client Conversation. And that is noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. That's noenemy.bronwyncommunications.com. As always, you can find me on Instagram at bronwynsf, where I offer a lot of behind the scenes insights 
into how I make all this content and run my business for those coaches and solopreneurs who need a little inspo. And lastly, if your company or organization needs a high-voltage keynote speaker who knows how to melt faces and blow minds virtually or in real life, I'm your gal. Shoot me a note. Let's make some magic happen. That's Bronwyn at BronwynCommunications.com. Take care and shine on.